what's it about? Who's it for? Young people with views and a voice making a difference. Red Kite on Eastleigh FM. everyone and welcome to Red Kite, the show by young people, for young people. And today is a very special edition because it's the start of the Writing on Air Festival. Peter, why don't you tell us more about that? Thank you very much, Saren. Yes, great. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. It's the start of Writing on Air 2021, um, postponed from last year. And lots of programmes, 30 odd, 35 programmes and events over the weekend, all here to listen to on East Leeds FM. So, yeah, we'll chat a bit more about the, the schedule in, in a while. But first of all, here on Red Kite, uh, I'd just like to welcome you all. So, Saren, we've heard from you. Hello. Hello. And there's George. Hi, Peter. Hi, George. Ellie? Yes, hello. Hi, Ellie. And we've got Johan. Hi. Hello, Johan. Yeah, so everybody uh, in this virtual room is part, including myself, is part of Next Gen Foundation, which is a, a group that meets on a Tuesday evening and we do all sorts of stuff relating to writing, broadcasting, um, and uh, and the making of the jingles. And we just heard one, George's. <laughs> so that was that was great. So first of all, so what, what sort of week have we had? Ellie, how about you? Yes, I've had a very good week. It's been very busy. Yeah, school stuff. You're looking forward to the holiday? Oh, I am. It'll be nice to have a break. It seems like forever since Christmas. You're right. This It does drag, doesn't it? January, February, March. Yeah. But it's lovely to have some light. How about you, Jan, Johan? How's the week been for you? Uh, it's been fine. We've been going to school and... Um, I've just been talking to my friends. Good. Yeah, good to be back with your friends. And uh, how about you, George? Good week? Uh, yeah, uh, just getting ready for a lot of exams next week. And then uh, have a nice break after that. Nice two-week break. Oh, that'd be good. And Saren, how about you? Yeah, it's been great, thanks. This week has gone very quickly compared to last week. It's funny how that happens too, isn't it? Sometimes time whizzes by, sometimes it doesn't. Anyway, good to have you all here. And we've got a fantastic Red Kite show ahead of us. And it's the first programme of Writing On Air. And we've got, uh, later on, we've got uh, an interview with Vic Parrott, who is our new food worker at Chapel FM, talking about her visions for Chapel FM Cafe, which will open hopefully one day. We've also got an interview with Charlotte Carrick, centre manager, also a writer, about one of her great passions, which is the Writing Squad organisation based here in the north of England for young writers. But first of all, um, yeah, Saren, you've had a look through the Writing On Air schedule. Anything take your fancy? Yeah, I really look, like the look of that attention programme with the associate writers it just seems really, really interesting what older writers are doing yes just just to say that um we do a fair amount of writing a creative writing in next gen foundation and i know that some of us in that group are really keen on the writing and they're very good writers actually um but the, the kind of the, this the, 
there's another writing group called Associate Writers. We've been, uh, for young people, we've been meeting for some years now, but uh, mostly people are between the ages of 18 and say 30, a little bit older than you guys. And they've got a programme on Sunday afternoon. I think it starts at, where is it? Yes, 9.15 in the morning. It's half an hour of writing that they've done about visions. Do listen in because it's a, it's a really lovely programme. Some beautiful writing in it um, from the associate writers. Thank you for pointing that out. Saren, how about you, Johan? Have you had a look through? Uh, yeah, and what really caught my eye was the Blind Father Blues, which is, like, really interesting, because, I mean, the, uh, the, the fact that a blind teenager became a famous, po became a poet by, before, after being mentored by a famous murderer in prison, which means that he must have gone through a lot, to, and then came out with a lot more, and it really is interesting. Well spotted, Johan. Yeah, that's tonight at nine o'clock. That's actually a programme compiled and presented by Tony Macaluso, our co-director. And it's a true story, yes. He was a teenager, Matt Rizzo, when his, uh, he was befriended by somebody in jail who happened to be a very famous murderer, but actually gave him the gift of, of, of having confidence in himself as a writer. So it's an extraordinary story and a true story, and it's now a graphic novel. Tony will tell you all about that at nine o'clock this evening. Tune in on Chapel FM. Um, so, George, how about you? Uh, yeah, I looked at um, tomorrow's schedule Saturday, and I saw this drama by James Fernie about, uh, you know, called The Future's Already Here, and that just uh, really looked interesting because, um, yeah. It's it's like, you know, all, like sounds fa very fantastical and like, you know, yeah, uh, and, and that, that's stuff that I like. So, yeah, well, you'll you'll enjoy that because that's yes, it's about a, uh, about a situation in which a couple become kind of obsessed with Alexa, and begin to suspect that Alexa has a mind of her own and is taking over their relationship. So it's a really a bit dystopian, but 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 a very good radio drama by James Fernie, who's part of the Delhi team. Thank you very much, George. That's uh, oh tomorrow sometime. But you can look at the schedule on online on chapelfm.co.uk. Our website's all up there. So finally, Ellie, how about you? Yeah, so something that caught my eye was a programme called The Medical Eye. So I think this has caught quite a couple of parts and it's all about the history of the eye and all about different diseases and different treatments. And I think something I found really interesting about this is you never really... We all know that there's lots of new medical technology now, but I wanted to know more about the past and also the eye is something really complex and i think it'll be really interesting to see how medicine has evolved over the years yeah you're dead right and in, and there's four little episodes four 15-minute episodes of the medical eye starting tomorrow at 1 p.m uh presented by emma store who's a gp she interviews these consultants and historians you wouldn't well you might want to know about uh about how they treated eyes in the middle ages but you know they didn't have a lot of anesthetic then so yeah don't you need to have had your breakfast before you uh, or your lunch before you listen to it <laughs> anyway really well spotted that's tomorrow uh one o'clock but all the way through uh, the weekend you're going to hear those episodes the medical eye so we've got a song now 
chosen by Vic Parrott, who's going to be speaking after the song uh, about her visions for Chapel FM. The song is called Pancake Day by Leisure Society. I drink, I smoke, and lies of stain my kitchen manager, food director, or whatever you want to call her. Hi, thank you. Thanks. I'm, I, I feel very honoured to be here. No problem. So, Vic, two important questions. One, how did you get involved with Chapel FM? Two, how did you get involved with food? Right. Okay. Well, um, I think it's probably getting involved with food first before I, I got involved with Chapel FM. So I'll just come to your second question, if that's all right, first. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, I got involved with food. Um, just I've, I've always had a love for, for cooking and trying new recipes out and um, cooking foods from different countries. Um, I think that's just from how I've been brought up because my mum was very a very adventurous cook um, and after sort of 10 years in teaching so as a teacher of um, at a college for 10 years I decided when I came out of teaching that I'd, I'd like to open a coffee shop and so I did and I set up a coffee shop in the city centre it was um, called the Union Coffee House and it kind of um, involved me bringing together all the things that I love. So one of those things being food and making food for people. Um, and I think, yeah, food is such an important thing. Yes, it's absolutely essential to survival, yeah, but it also brings people together and um, in a way that, that sort of cuts through all divides. And we all have an opinion on food and we all eat it and we all like certain things and dislike certain things. Um, and it's just such, such a great talking point. So my coffee shop involved um, making food and creating recipes for the public. And through that, I got to know um, Adrian, 
um, Chapel FM and then I met Tony from Chapel FM. So it's kind of through my contacts through the coffee shop. Um, I then was asked to get involved with Chapel FM in um, setting up the cafe. That's how I got involved with Chapel FM. Very interesting. Well, since <laughs> this week is the Writing on Air Festival at, here at Chapel FM, and the theme is vision. So for this episode of Red Kite, one of the reasons we brought Vic on is to talk about the vision for the future of the cafe, the chapel. Wow. So I just wanted to throw out maybe a question and jump in anybody who wants to answer. After a year of lockdown, we haven't spent very much time out in like restaurants or cafes or public spaces. So does anybody, when you think, what's your vision for like being in a, in a lively cafe full of interesting people with things happening? Like what, what do you want to see or experience in a place like that? Or what do you miss about places like that? I just want to sit down with my best friend face to face, you know, have a cup of tea, have a laugh. Because like we, we can do it over Zoom and we can do it over FaceTime. But it's not the same. There's just that connection that is missing. I'd agree there. I definitely agree. I think for me, it's the fact that when you go out to restaurants and cafes and places, I mean, you can make things at home and you can buy things, but it's just, it's different. I don't know exactly what it is. I could probably name it. But in, I think yeah, it's probably the uh, sort of the atmosphere as well. Yeah. Like if you go to a, a nice cafe or a nice restaurant and you sit down, it feels welcoming and it feels sort of kind of like a family, like a little home away from home sort of thing. I think that's a really nice atmosphere to be in. You'll never have any like awkward silences either because there's always background noise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You never get that awkward pause when you think of the next thing to say on the Zoom call. <laughs> like that one there. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's your what's your vision for the uh uh, uh chapel of m cafe given that that's you, what i were going to ask and it's not a, this is this answer isn't a cop-out um that my vision is is it's made up of what other people want to see in it you know it's what it's 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 what people like you guys will want in the coffee shop and and i'm kind of making notes as you speak um because it needs to be somewhere that that you feel comfortable in and it is a home from home and it's somewhere where you can sit down with your best mate. I think the vision is that it's that it's for me anyway, is that it's a space that's to be used by people and it's it's for people to take ownership over it. And um, I think there's going to be kind of I think Tony, there's going to be like plants and things in there, is there and, and books and things. So what, what I'd really like it to do is to um, be adventurous where possible with, with food. Maybe if somebody had a favourite recipe or somebody's grandma used to make this amazing hot pot or anything where food has really meant something to you. Or it could be a, you know, a memory that you have of, of going to see your grandparents or sitting down for maybe Sunday dinner or whether it's, it's I don't know, it could be somebody, um, a friend of yours or somebody in your family who comes from a different country and maybe have a, a, a recipe that they would like to share. Kind of give people a bit of ownership over it. So maybe to have like a, 
a guest recipe on that day that's that's you know that's so and so's recipe or so and so's auntie's recipe or whatever it might be um and also i'm really excited about possibly doing themed themed dishes as well you know and if if there's some kind was, of um, i was just about to ask about that because yeah. today happens to be like saint patrick's day so like Mm. It'd be interesting to see what kind of theme dishes we can do with what the day is. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Halloween might be interesting because I love food. You might be able to tell by the look at me, but I love food. Yeah, that's, an, that's a good idea of, of kind of planning stuff around what's in the calendar. So, you know, things like Bonfire Night and Halloween or Patrick's Day and and just being inventive with that and because again it's a talking point isn't it as well maybe a bit further down the line is there any chance of maybe some doing some like cooking lesson type stuff because I don't know one end I'd be laid up on the spatula yeah absolutely I think that's a great idea I'd love to be involved with that yeah in teaching some cooking skills um because it well it's just vitally important isn't it but also possibly um some barista skills as well so you know, once once we get a, a coffee machine, espresso machine up and running, um, that may be looking into teaching people um, barista. So, um, so, so for people that don't know, what is a barista? Because it sounds like a posh word for making coffee. <laughs> it is, that's what it is. I don't know the origin of the term, actually. Um, but yeah, it is. It's just a posh, it's a posh name for being able to make, you know, cappuccino. Um, but actually, there are in in doing your if you do a qualification in it, which is what I I did when I first set up the the coffee shop. It's really interesting because you you are learning kind of the science behind making a coffee and what makes a tastier coffee and what do you do to the grind of the coffee beans. You know how are the coffee beans roasted? Um, and so there's a, a coffee roaster called North Star. You might have heard of them possibly. Um, and they are based in Leeds um, and they're they're a great bunch of people and they they they're all very sustainable and ethically um, roast their their beans and um, their suppliers they they um, it's all fair trade um, and they kind of look after the the coffee growers in other countries um, and make sure that they are being properly looked after we also have the allotment behind the chapel, which we can grow whatever we want to grow there too. So we know that, for example, people really want like strawberry and what else can you grow in an allotment easily? Strawberry and carrot smoothies. I don't know if they would go together <laughs> well or not, but we can purposely grow, you know, out in the allotment things that we know that then we bring inside, which means that then the cost can be mm. lower too. Which is mm. good. So yeah, think about any particular smoothie flavors i can't promise mangoes or bananas on the allotment but uh <laughs> you can try for other things waffles oh i love a good waffle cookie dough <laughs> not as in cookie dough where you're meant to bake it to make a cookie i mean like proper i don't know how to say i've only had it a few times but no waffles or something like that that'd be nice as in sweet waffles not the, the potato ones yes i mean the sweet ones sweet ones I mean, who's it? I mean, obviously it's going to be for the public as well, but if, mm. as well as you think about it, if we go back to the idea of what we would want at the chapel to eat from this cafe, well, there's going to be people that's going to be, or eventually there probably will be, people who are doing multiple shows or 
they're there with a specific group, so they're going to be there for quite a long time. So they're probably going to want some form of proper meal. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be people just coming in to do one show or just to listen to something or just, I don't know, with one of the bands or something. And they're just going to want a snack. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so, yeah, so maybe if there's a, a show on or a gig or a, or whatever on, on an evening, then, yeah, there needs to be some kind of, of warm meal on offer. It's a Chapel FM tradition to ask our guests a piece of music that we're going to be playing on the show later. Tell us what you wanted to play and then explain why. The first one is called Pancake Day by the Leisure Society. They're one of my very very much favorite favorite bands um so yeah pancake day and another song is the is the onion song which you may very well have heard of it when you play it um by marvin gay and tammy terrell another one is the coffee cola song by francis bb and then lastly cheesecake by louis armstrong Love the fact you've actually found food-related songs. Yeah, I spent a bit of time on that. My girl loves cheesecake. Oh, cheesecake munching on a cheesecake munching on a cheesecake. Cheesecake. Cheesecake munching on a cheesecake munching on a cheesecake. Cheesecake. Cheesecake gobble gobble cheesecake gobble gobble cheesecake. Cheesecake, cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake. Cheesecake, cheesecake, munching on a cheesecake, munching on a cheesecake. Cheesecake, oh, cheesecake, munching on a cheesecake, munching on a cheesecake. Cheesecake, a cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake. Cheesecake, a cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake. Cheesecake. My girl, she's crazy over cheesecake all the time. So I bring her cheesecake and she treats me mighty fine. Da 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 da. Cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake. Cheesecake. Ba da ba da. Cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake. Cheesecake. Cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake, gobble gobble, cheesecake.
young minds, inquisitive minds, joyful minds, brilliant minds, coming together, red kite. So that was Cheesecake by uh, Louis Armstrong. So what do we think about that? Sean's joined us. Hi, Sean. Hi. That was just a great song. We were in the production space just in stitches at that. It was <laughs> really brilliant. Loved it. Lovely choice by uh, Vic Barrett, who we heard talking about uh, her, her barista visions for... Uh, the cafe so yeah what about the rest of you what did you what did you think about shah's about uh vic's thoughts uh george um yeah yeah uh i thought they were good i didn't listen to all of it because uh i just uh i had to go do something in that time but uh yeah she sounds like a really good person she sounds like um she's got some really good ideas for chapel fm and Ella, you were noticing a particular, um, yeah, particular cafe that she mentioned. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. So I mentioned that she mentioned the North Star Cafe near Leeds Dock and near the Royal Armoury. I, I just remember going to this cafe every time we went there and I just love it. I mean, right now this, they're doing takeaways and I think it's just it's my favourite cafe and I really recommend it. Right then, nice one. Hopefully, Chapel FM Cafe will be your favourite cafe eventually. <laughs> Sean, what do you think? What did you have a listen to to uh, yeah. to Vic? I mean, I quite liked the idea, um, you know, that she was saying her vision is made up of everybody else's visions, really. So it's kind of, um, you know, what the public want and and what you guys want, really. You know, you do have a say in this. So um, I quite like that, really. It's it's. Um, it's good community work, you know. So, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what, what gets created, really. And um, I am a bit of a fan of food myself, so uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, and I liked what Aaron was saying about the idea of sitting down with a really good mate and having a chinwag over a nice coffee or something. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. Sarah, how about you? I find her ideas really interesting. I can't wait, can't wait until it's open and we can go there. What is one thing that you hope is sold at the cafe? Oh, definitely milkshakes. Milkshakes. What flavour? Oh, I'm not sure. I love all the flavours, honestly. I like chocolate, chocolate. the best. Got to be chocolate. <laughs> if we were going to have a, a special Chapel FM uh, flavoured uh, milkshake, what would, if you could imagine this milkshake that has never been made before, Ellie. What would be in it for you? Oh, I think something quite sweet, but also something exciting. I don't know, it'd probably be a really like tropical flavour and a really vibrant colour. I mm. maybe like bright green and tasting of lemons. Why not? <laughs> that's, that's don't you think, Sean, that's Chapel FM all over, bright green and tasting of lemons. I could see that, yeah, definitely. I'm not quite sure how you would make that, but I'll leave that to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on for it. Now, we're going to hear um, a piece, some pieces of writing now that are 
that were created, written by you guys, Next Gen Foundation. That's George, Sarah, and Ellie, and Johan. And um, yeah, so uh, we're going to hear that now. Johan, do you remember writing these pieces and did you enjoy recording and writing them? Oh, yeah. Um, it was actually really fun. Um, uh... I remember you wrote a really nice piece uh, on the colour blue. Yeah. And uh, well, we're looking forward to hearing that now, all of them. So now we're going to hear some writing on vision theme from Next Generation Foundation. <laughs> Vision, eyes, light, the future, circus, advice, wise old men, Dumbledore, our opinions, the past, glasses, opticians, lens, eyes, blind, senses, imagination, creativity, eyes, glasses, the crystal ball, the third eye, future and the past, and also Avengers. Perspective, view, glasses, foggy lenses, sight, ideas, blurry, vision, see, light, dark, clear, blur, eyes, Sensitivity levels perspective bulbs, remember you electricity sky religion Greek mythology windows and views eyes how we see the crystal sea color to see in the past how animals hunt and also avengers vision imagination creativity obscured view horizon vision see light you always use me i'm never forgotten although some part of me is forgotten you don't know do you well here we are you use part of me constantly with my other half left silence I bet you don't see which bit. Part of me loves me, while part of me hates you. Thinks you are malicious in nature. You use most of me every day. The pencils, the paper, and other parts of me you have accumulated. Part of me lies in a forever slumber. I am sometimes bashed, bruised, or broken. While most of me is so precious to you, you cannot bear to even handle me that often. I know I am loved. But how much? How much would you put on hold for me? How much would you sacrifice? I don't know. I don't know you well at all. I laughed to myself thinking we were friends, when really, I am merely an object in an existence of things you seem to love. How many declarations of affections can you manage before you realise your words mean nothing? How many things can you hate before you know these words hurt? You love part of me dearly, but the rest... How could I ever begin to know? You don't look at me, but here I am, doing my job, keeping you warm, and reaping no reward. Please maintain me, it's the least you can do. The disc on the shelf. 
You always see us, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you use us, sometimes you don't. Sometimes we get scratched, burnt up in the dish tray. Most of the time we stay in the same place and collect dust. But what we really want to do is be a mirror as one of our side is reflective. And we can see a diverse set of people and not just a laser on the bottom of a dish tray. The box speaks. You don't know how I got here, do you? No, I replied, but I want to know. Then the box began its tale of a lifetime. My memory is a little hazy in some points of my life. For example, I cannot remember where I sat in the first room, or who owned the room, or even what I held. But I remember that fearful day I ended up in the attic. No one was there to tell me it would be okay to laugh with and befriend. No one was even there to talk to. So, into a state where I was sleeping, but somehow awake. I was alive, yet somehow part of me was dead. I was not anything. Then the light came. First in small shafts, eager to explore, if any huge, blinding beams. A shadowy figure started to look through the attic with an absent mind. Not looking for anything in particular, yet I knew he would choose me. And as his worn hands grabbed me, I grabbed my new life. Blue is bold. Blue is the whistle of dolphins or the ripples of tranquil waters. Blue is the deepest depths of the Mariana Trench or the bustling life of shallow reefs. Blue is the breadth of the wind, rolling across grass-clad hills, or the rain falling from thunderous clouds. Blue is the symbol of power, or of our monarchy. Blue is soldiers fighting for their families, or dying in the depths of the battlefield. Blue is the drop of tears rolling down a cheek, or the cry of an injured child. Blue is the warmth of the sun glaring down, or the booming whispers of thunder clapping in the night. Blue is the colour of spring bluebells, or the crackle of a fire in the height of midwinter. Blue is the silence of death, or the colour of life. Blue is the expanse of our ever-moving planet, of our seas, of our skies, of our earth. Blue is the colour of our planet. Blue is the ocean. Blue is the sea. Blue is anything you want it to be. From the ground to the sky, from clear skies to rain, blue comes around again and again. It's the ice in the winter. It's the warm tropical lagoon. It can be sadness too. Have you ever heard of feeling blue? Blue is the ocean. Blue is cars. Blue are clothes, pillows and duvets. Blue is a blu-ray. Blue is sadness. Blue is tranquility. Blue is the sky. Blue is the bluebell. And blue is also the fifth colour of the rainbow.
sensitivity. Light always too bright. Deep furrowed brow. Mummy, why are you not happy? Black words on white paper. Dancing, moving, obscured. Me and sensitivity. Energy draining. Patience too short. Turn out the lights. Me and my sensitivity. Me and the crystal ball. Me and the crystal ball can see the future, past and things that never meant to happen. It can see things you didn't want to do and things you did mean to do. It can help you solve crime or find the defendant guilty. Sometimes it can help you, sometimes it can't. And if you don't like what you see, you can smash it into a million pieces. Me and imagination. Imagination is what inspires everything. From the buildings that tower over us, or the music in our ears. It all stems from the human mind and its wonderful imagination. It could be just a passing thought, or it could be an idea that changes lives. The important thing is that imagination is individual to you, in all shapes and forms. Me and glasses, pros and cons. Frame my eyes perfectly, yet I wish you were gone. Let me see clearly, but still fog up with my mask. Allows me another accessory, yet gives me more appointments. Helps me see the whole picture, yet it's another thing to remember. Lets me do what I want, yet every time I take you off, the world turns to blurry blobs. Makes reading easy, yet squashes my eyes sometimes. Changes my life, yet sometimes I don't recognise myself in the mirror. Me and the future. Me and the future. Me and the future of the world we live in. Change. Change of our planet, our earth, our seas and our skies. The future we see to happen that may change everything or nothing. Nobody or somebody. The change that affects our countries and our culture, our animals and our nature. The change is caused by us. No one, nor somebody, everyone. We have choices that affect our future. The future that may dawn tomorrow or the next. One day, change happens. Change will affect everything in more ways than we can count or have come to realise change of our climate. Climate change is the future. To accept or not to accept, we can change the future. We can change what looks to be our only option, one so horrific we cannot begin to imagine what will happen. So we don't. We don't realise what damage we can do, what damage humans can do. We can change the future. Me and the future.
white is blue. Blue is deep. The depth of the ocean. The depth of water. The depth of a river. Blue is formality. The formality of a school uniform. The formality of a dinner jacket. The formality of a tie. Blue is beauty. Beauty of a cloudless sky. Beauty of a kingfisher. Beauty of serenity. Blue is familiarity. The familiarity of a warm blue bag. The familiarity of a well-used coat. The familiarity of a single pencil. Blue is calmness. The calmness of a leather-bound book. The calmness of a butterfly. The calmness of a blooming flower. Blue is background. A background to the sky. A background to the ocean. A background for the mountains. Blue is life. that was johnny nash before that we had writers from next gen foundation writing on the theme of vision because that is the theme of writing on air which starts now it's been going for three quarters of an hour already and it goes on all weekend so in a minute we're going to be hearing um uh, an interview with charlotte carrick who is our center manager but also a writer and a graduate of the writing squad she'll tell you what the writing squad is but yeah, Ellie, uh, did Charlotte talking about the writing squad make you want to join? Oh, yeah, I really wanted to join. I'm just I'm just like, can I join a few years early and just pretend that I'm the right age? Because it seems so perfect for what I'm interested in. It seems like a really lovely place where you can just join and you can hear critique about your writing. But it's also some way where you can learn and where you can grow with people. And I think it's really nice that the heart always have your back as well. So, yeah, it, um, I think I was really interested. Well, Charlotte, be really chuffed that you felt like that because she was trying to, yeah, to let you know and to enthuse you guys about this wonderful sort of training ground, really, for young writers between the ages of 16 and 21. Sarah, and what about you? It just sounded incredible. Um, after the interview, I said I wanted to join three years early. So that kind of explains all of how I want to join. 
Well, it'll have to be like in the in the in the First World War when people lied. They said they were eighteen when they were really fifteen just to go and fight. And actually, it's no, it's no, no, <laughs> no parallel at all. You won't be fighting anybody in the writing squad. But uh, anyway, we're going to hear from Charlotte now, and it was a lovely interview that you guys did with her. So, Charlotte Carrick. Hey everyone, you're listening to Rekaya, and we're in doing Charlotte Carrick, who's the centre manager at Chapel FM. Hi, Charlotte. How are you doing? Hi, Saren. It's good to be here with you all. So what do you actually do in your job? That is a good question, Saren, because as you know, it's been a bit of a strange year. But I am technically the Centre and Communications Manager at Chapel FM. So that means that I look after the building at Chapel FM, making sure it's running fine. So all of the groups can come in and do their writing, music, broadcasting, etc., and then I also do communication stuff, which is social media, marketing, um, website content sometimes. So that's pretty much the job summed up. Do you use writing in your job and how do you combine it? Yeah, so I use writing in my job a lot. Um, I suppose just general communications with people over email and then also with social media and writing the e-newsletter I really enjoy doing that it's a way that I can use my writing in my job um, and then I also take part in a lot of the stuff that we do at the chapel anyway I think some of you might be involved in writing on air which I'm also involved in so at the moment I am editing a piece I did for that so I also use my audio skills in sound editing as well as my writing skills. So me and another writer, we wrote a piece for writing on air. So yeah, I kind of, I can pick and choose. It's a great job to be able to combine lots of different elements together. Um, and that includes my writing. Great. So um, through all of that, how did you actually get into writing in the first place? I think I asked myself this question a lot, Saren, and I'm 29 and sometimes I think, why do I, why do I do this? Why do I put myself through this sometimes, you know, when you're trying to meet a deadline, you're trying to come up with an idea. And I think it's sort of intrinsically a part of you. Um, when I was at school, at high school, and actually primary school, I can remember the first story I ever wrote, which was about a snake that was a karaoke singer that lost his voice and he went on a journey to try and find his voice. Sounds very random, but this was probably when I was about six or seven and then from there I just always loved English and I always loved English literature so I like to read and write and if there was any exercises where you could write a story or you could come up with a poem or you could analyze some text that's something that I always really loved to do so that's how I got into writing really just I think it was in me it's what I enjoyed it's what I was good at, at school I wasn't particularly good at anything else um, and then from there I did things like, that you all do. I get I got involved in projects outside of school um, with other organisations and then from there went on to university and studied and then went on to the writing squad. So I wanted to ask what was, um, what or what rather, what is the writing squad? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say the writing squad is a development programme for writers who live or are based in the north of England. So it's a support group really to help young writers develop um, and get the most out of their writing. Uh, how do you actually um, be accepted into the writing squad? 
Yeah, so you have to apply, um, like a lot of things, and you apply with examples of your writing. So if you're a poet, you might submit a few poems. If you're a prose writer, you might submit a short story or a piece um, of a longer book that you've written. Or if you're a script writer or a playwright, you might submit um, a short play or again, an extract from um, a, a piece of film or a play. Yeah, so as part of the writing squad, once you actually get in, um, you're part of a, a group, sort of like this group, um, that there'll be about 10 of you and you'll meet, it's changed a little bit now, but you'll probably meet every three months to do workshops that look at anything from, you know, script writing, prose, poetry, to images and words, to more abstract things. And then you'll also meet with a tutor who supports you one-on-one. -on -one. So you get that group dynamic, but you also get support as well from um, writers who are working in the industry. So they might be like Peter, um, you might be working with someone who's a playwright, who's um, a prose writer, et cetera. So you also have access to the um, Facebook page where the writing squad will post lots of opportunities for writers. So it might be jobs, it might be competitions. Like Saren said, she um, often looks out for competitions. It might be um, opportunities with other squad writers to collaborate and work on projects together. So it's a really great way of staying connected. And unlike a uni course, you never lose that connection. So once you're part of the writing squad, um, they're there to support you forever, really. Um, I became part of the writing squad when I was 21 and I'm 29 now. And I'm still very much, I still very much connect with them and others. And I'm still building relationships with other writers who are also a part of it. I'm just wondering, why did you join the writing squad and what you wanted to get out of joining it and if you actually got what you wanted? Yeah, I think I've, you know, got more than I thought I would out of the writing squad. Um, I saw a friend of mine from university posted on Facebook about the writing squad. And from there I thought, oh, I'll submit. I may as well, let's see what happens. And bearing in mind, the writing squad is for people who are aged 16 to 21. And I was 21 at the time, so I just managed to sneak in. But it's the best thing I ever did. And I think, you know, I'm in this job role now, probably because of the writing squad. Um, I did a workshop at Chapel FM through the writing squad and met Peter. And from there, I've always kept a relationship with Chapel FM. So it's given me a sort of platform to then go and find other things and come back and think about things and then go out there again with that support. So, yeah, the reason I wanted to join was probably just because I liked writing and I wanted some sort of support network for myself after university. Um, and I believe it's given me so much more. The fact that, you know, when you go to university, that, that ends really. But the writing squad will always be there. And that's the great thing about it. Yeah, so my question really is how this all this writing that you do, how do you hope that it will impact people and how do you hope people will react to you and how what do you hope thing they will take away from your writing that's a good question um i mean when you write you don't always think about how it's going to impact other people i don't know about yourselves but sometimes i write just for me and just for my own pleasure really 
Um, but also I think it's good to write about things that you maybe want to challenge. Um, and I think for me, a, a lot of my writing maybe tackles inequalities um, and it's also maybe poking fun at things. Uh, it depends what I'm doing really. So if I'm doing script writing uh, or playwriting, it's sort of telling a story and looking at characters. Whereas if I'm doing maybe a, a little bit of poetry or a bit of experimental writing, and it, it can change, it can be quite humorous. Um, so yeah, it's quite a hard question, Ellie, that what do I want people to take away from it? Um, to just probably enjoy it and to make, maybe if it makes them think about something in a different way, think about themselves, think about other people. Um, yeah, and maybe if it inspires other people to have a go at something creative, to write, to do some filming and to edit something, that would be great as well. Uh, my other question is, what, what's the most interesting thing you've done part of the writing squad? Yeah, I'd say the best project that I did with the writing squad was going to Tate Modern Art Gallery in London, um, where we did a project that basically meant that we had to produce some writing in response to the artwork there and then share it with other artists who were also using a, a, the same space as us. So we had some dancers in there and we had some people doing circus tricks, I think, as well. So we met lots of different unique people and then we shared our work in front of them and, and with each other. So that was probably one of the best things that I've done with the writing squad. So how has Writing Squad impacted your whole life and your career path and what you've chosen to do? It's given me that support to keep going. Um, if you're going to try and make a living out of something creative, it can be quite hard. And it's good to be part of something that allows you to connect with other people in a similar situation. So I can call on someone who has maybe had some community um, writing work with a group in Leeds and asked them how that went and what I should do and how I should um, plan for a workshop, etc. If I want to take a script to a producer, I can ask in the Facebook chat, has anyone done this before? So it, it's a place where you can lean on others and also help others as well. You know, you might be the person that is being asked a question because, you know, I, I work with writers at Chapel FM and someone might be interested in that. Um, so I think the writing squad has just given me a support network that I can go to and um, lean on really in my writing world. Yeah, so now we've talked about all about your past and the present, I wanted to know what do you hope to see with your writing or where do you hope to take your writing in the future? Um, I would hope that I could see my writing on the screen or on the stage. That's where I would like to go. That's my interest. Um, when I did my degree at university, I, I wasn't really into poetry and I wasn't really into prose as much as I was writing, you know, for the screen or for the stage. So it would be great to one day have a play on, um, a full length play or to maybe have a short film that does quite well, that would be really cool. Um, but I'd also like to use my writing to work with others in a sort of community setting like Chapel FM does. I'm really interested in that and sort of opening doors for other people 
um, who might not think that doing something creative is for them or is something that they could possibly do with their lives. I think that's a really fulfilling thing to be able to offer someone else. So yeah, that's where I'd like to see my writing in the future. Yeah, I love how you said you want to help inspire others. So to start that off, can you give any advice to some aspiring young writers out there who might be listening? Yeah, I would say look at the Writing Squad website. Um, they do recruit every two years. They recruited back in 2020, so they'll be recruiting in 2021. And if you are a bit younger, um, like yourselves, just to be aware that that is there and it's there for Northern writers because there's a lot of creative stuff going on in the South, especially in London, but it's really important that we have, um, you know, this support network for creatives in the North. And you might not be into writing, you might be into audio or broadcasting, but writing is always a part of whatever we do really. Even in something like dance, I met a lot of dancers recently and, and they say they write about the pieces that they're going to do and they involve writing. So, you know, it's, it's a great place to be if you're a creative, the writing squad. So you can check out their website and it's www.writingsquad.com and you'll get a lot more information on there. Yeah, because like I said, I think it's something that's intrinsically in you. If you want to be um, creative and you want to explore different things, having the writing squad is great to be able to put yourself in different situations that might come up. So quite recently, I worked with some dancers on a project. I've worked with musicians and um, being a writer. So it's about um, having those opportunities that are just kind of there on your, on your doorstep in a way um, because of, of that group of writers. So it's quite hard, as Peter said, when you're on your own and you don't have people to ask things or you don't quite know where to look for things. Having the writing squad allows you to have that support network, like I've said. Um, and yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. You have to put in the work and the effort and you have to go out and do things off your own back sometimes. If you want to make a film, go out and do it. If you want to do a radio play, we've all got the technology now where you can go out and you can you can do recordings on your own and you can edit things on free software. So yeah, it's about you and your own drive, but also it really does help if you have a support network and being part of things like um, write, you know, next gen writers, next gen broadcasters, musicians at Chapel FM. That's all great things to keep you connected to that creative world and keep on going and keep pushing. That was really great. Thank you for coming, Charlotte. Oh, thanks for having me. I hope that helps. I don't really like speaking about myself, but the main reason I'm here is for you all to apply to be a part of the writing squad. So yeah, I hope you do. Great piece there from the Next Gen Foundation group talking to Charlotte Carrick, our building manager, centre manager. Um, some really inspiring words there from her. So if anybody's interested in getting into writing, then then do get in touch though, because there's plenty of opportunities at Chapel FM. Um, yep, so this is the Red Kite Show, our special Writing on Air Festival edition. We've heard some great things so far from the Next Gen Foundation uh, with their pieces around vision, the 
theme of the Writing on Air Festival this year. Um, and a chat with Vic Perrett, our food arts worker, uh, talking about her visions for Chapel FM. Um, shortly, we will be hearing the second part of that interview. But before that, we've got our Next Gen Music group with some of our work around the theme of vision. Um, their group worked on some haiku poetry around the theme of vision and then from a distance on a zoom call we did some distance digital audio music collaboration and created a bit of a backing track for it so this is a short piece from next gen music on haikus we have to look back to find things we really need to guide us forward we have to look for our visions as they will show us the path we have our third eye for peripheral vision and for extra sights. Snow in the darkness, trapped in a memory state, can still feel it now. Though nothing falls around me, its presence too apparent, like art in a book or tables filled with dice. Its master looks down, static against the skyline, the visions in a dream. Frost calls out to it once. It tells a tale of good luck. The words are not true. Always fakes anyway. The flakes lying in frost. I look to the dark and stay silent as always. I'm told it's okay. Reliving our memories. We are questioning ourselves. Imagination. That is everything we need to reflect on things. We regret our decisions and then we think about them. Well, we're all gonna become experts in ice cream pretty soon because there's also the sea, I told you last week, I think about the Seacroft ice cream van, which is making its world premiere in a couple of weeks, Easter half term. So, and it actually has Ooh, ice cream I, uh, I saw it on Yorkshire Evening Post this evening. Mm. Yeah, it was in the newspaper. It's on the website, yeah. I wanted to throw out one more question. It's kind of an open one and then Vic, if there's anything else you want to ask or others, I'm just curious, and I'm thinking of this myself too, is there any kind of food that you've always sort of wanted to try, maybe from another country or another, but you've never had a chance to for whatever reason? Thinking of interests, and I'll bring one of Harry's interests is Cold War, so you could have a uh, American and Russian food <laughs> together in honor of the Cold War. How about that? So anyway, that point, Charlie made out, of a, made out of chocolate, I think it would be quite nice. Ah, nice. Yeah. Has anyone ever had Russian food? It's hard no. To Not many Russian restaurants. There's one Russian restaurant in Bradford that I saw once, but I've never been there. Wow. Is, that the, is it Shroganoff? It's like a, a stew, like a beef stew. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that Russian? Is that? Yeah. I, I would yeah. presume so, with a name like Shroganoff, but that's just me being stereotyped. Yeah. There's also borscht, which is soup made oh, out of Yeah. Beef, yeah. Really good. And there is kompot, which I believe is some form of um, fruit. Thing. It's couscous Russian. No, yet. I've seen occasionally places where there's like people that have learned to recreate dishes, food from like times in the past. Like, what did they eat like in a medieval court or like in ancient Rome? And it's quite bizarre sometimes the kinds of recipes and food and the way that they cook. Or like following, yeah, following the journey of maybe like one or a few ingredients. Yeah, yeah. The journey through time and different ways that it's used and and yeah, yeah. I reckon that could make a really good show. Of that it would, yeah. You reckon in the future someone's going to be asking what we ate in twenty twenty one? 
Yeah. Yeah. They're going to dig up the chapel after whatever they probably put on top of it or not and just find a load of like menus or food or something. Vic, I've got one last question for you oh. and it's really important. Go on. How do you make a cup of tea? Oh, it is very important. Oh, no. I don't want to make any enemies. Um, okay, so cup of tea. Well, am I, is this an ordinary cup of tea that I'm having here? Because I, I have quite a lot of fruit teas in here. Just a bog standard cuppa. All right, bog standard cuppa. So I would put the bag in the cup. I would then pour the hot water in, give a little stir around the tea bag to the desired strength. Oh, boiling boiling or like is there any oh no yeah I, I'd, I'd have it boiling i'm not i'm not boiling okay i'm not measuring temperatures yes um pour in the pour in the boiling water and onto the tea bag stir it around to the desired strength remove the tea bag and then add the milk that is so correct did you know there is an ISO standard that you can buy for about £40. An ISO standard on how to make a bog standard international cup of tea. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. It, I think it's about a 60-page document. The entire cup of tea process down to the circumferences of the cup you're going to use or something. It's really specific and I think it'd be quite interesting. Well, you have a read of that then, Harry, and then you let me know. Just give me a brief condensed. I'm not paying £40. I'll make a Yorkshire standard cup of thank you. <laughs> oh, that was a very good question to end on. Well, with that, thank you, Vic, for joining us on the Red Kite with the Next Gen Broadcasters with Harrison, Harry, Sam, and Aaron. And uh, we look forward to we have visions of coming to the cafe sometime later this year brilliant thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed that looking forward to meeting you all in person eventually the world is just a great big
So before that, we heard Onion Song by Marvin Gaye. Before that, we heard uh, Thick Parrot talking with lots of people about her visions for the cafe at Chapel FM. So you're listening to Red Kite and Red Kite tonight is part of Writing On Air. The festival has started this evening and it's going on all weekend with the theme of vision. So now we have a special guest with us in the virtual studio. We have Aaron Dawson. Hello, Aaron. Hello, hello. It's nice to have you back. And um, yeah, tell us, it's, um, tell us about the, the, the feature we're going to hear now and why we're going to hear it. So not only is it the start of Writing On Air today, but it's also a Plepsi Awareness Day. So I've come up with a, an idea and I got a, a lot of my friends to help me out and send me their views and opinions, their mm. visions of what it's like. And uh, I put them all into a piece, which I'm very nervous about. <laughs> it's going to be great. But it's a, it's, a really good, it's a really good thought. Has Epilepsy Awareness Day been a thing for a while? It has, it has, but it's not as well known as others. Like, you know, it's not as well known as maybe Red Nose Days or something like that. Um, mm. It's also known as Purple Day because you're meant to wear something purple because purple's the colour of epilepsy, apparently. Wow. And why is it this particular day, uh, whatever it is, 26th of March? Do you know, I don't know. I'm not sure on that myself. I don't know why it's this particular day, but I do know that I'm glad it is. Yeah, absolutely. Has has there been much on in the media? Have you have you been in touch with stuff on social media today? So I've uh, I've seen a couple of posts on social media from a couple of people um, saying stuff about it. Uh, there's been a couple of um, things in different places, like on Twitter and Facebook, but it's not well known in like mainstream media. Well, I think it's, it's a, a real shame. Absolutely, it should be. And it's really great that you've done this little feature for us. So, um, well, thank you, Aaron. And we, we, we're going to hear that those pieces now. Epilepsy. Epilepsy is now part of my normal everyday life. However, I wouldn't wish it on anybody because it's not a life that I ever expected to have to live. When I was first diagnosed, it was like my whole life just stopped and started to fall apart. I was always asking, why me? I then went into denial. I didn't have epilepsy. They were just lying to me. I didn't need all these medications. I was normal, but that wasn't the case. I definitely had epilepsy and everything was going to change. How people would treat me would change. Never alone, always being asked if I'm okay. Oh, have you taken your medication? Everyone around me jumping up whenever there's a loud bang, expecting to see me on the floor. It's horrible. 
It's like all eyes are on you every time of the day, always watched and everyone always waiting. When it does happen, or my brain decides it doesn't want to function now, it's the most strange and annoying feeling I've ever experienced. First it starts with an aura. This is the feeling I get just before the floor hits me. It starts with ringing within my ears that gets louder and louder, while everything else around me gets quieter. And it's like life around me just slows down. Then comes a tingling feeling all over my body. And yes, I am fully aware of these feelings, but no, I can't do anything or say anything. I just think to myself, ah crap, here we go again. And just like that, everything goes black. Now it's time for the fun part. Am I going to wake up? Do I want to wake up? What embarrassing thing have I done now? When I start to come around, I can hear everyone around me, but I can't understand anything they are saying. My head is pounding and I feel pain, but not sure what actually hurts. When I open my eyes, everyone is so concerned and running around like headless chickens, which is funny to watch, but all I need is a drink and five minutes to come around. It's like I've been reset back to factory settings and I need a few minutes to get back onto my feet and carry on with what I was doing. Well, after some painkillers for the banging headache and the odd cuts and bruises which I have seemed to have gained. This is my epilepsy. This is my everyday. This is my life. There it is again. The sound that makes my heart pound and my head race. Who is it today? Are they okay? Where are we? What time is it? All of these questions and more zoom through my head like a train. I dread what I'm going to find and what's going to happen. Even though I know that nine times out of ten they will be fine. I still think what if? What if I wasn't quick enough? What if I did it wrong? But yet even though I have all this in my head, I forget about it once I see them up and speaking. I see these heroes I'm lucky to have in my life go through all of this and still smile and live their best lives. This is how it starts. The rest of the world fades away, like the end of a song on the radio. Only when you lose yourself to a song on the radio, it doesn't hurt once you're back to reality. But then there's the fear. The fear of getting hurt, the fear from the rest of the world just walking by or even the would-be heroes armed with the noise of the TV, thanks casualty. And of course you get the watchers, the people just stare at you like you're just something, this heap of meat, some exhibition to see where you go about your day. People say I'm not being fair to others when it happens. I mean, do you think I want to be this way? That I chose to let it happen? Of course not, but there's nothing to be done. There's no clever one-liners to sum it up. Just slips away, leaving my body to fend for itself. Hoping it isn't too bad for when I wake up. If. Yeah, fed it up. So, Aaron, that was really, really good. Powerful writing from those people. So tell us a bit about who's involved there. So, the uh, first piece you heard was written and performed by Shannon Crosby, who is a fantastic writer and is fairly new to having epilepsy. So, for her to do that is absolutely amazing and very, very brave. The uh, second piece you heard 
was written by Jordan Goldthorpe and performed by Chris Beattie, both of who don't have epilepsy but know and lived with people that do. Mm. And the last piece was from me, written and performed by me. Absolutely. They, they were all really powerful pieces. But I'm particularly interested in, in Christopher because, you know, he, he, he doesn't have epilepsy, but he was speaking about it, writing about it, very much in sympathy with empathy, I felt, people who he knows. Amazing piece of writing. So it wasn't written by Chris. It was written by a Jordan Golfer and performed by Chris. Sorry, misunderstood, but still a really, really good performance as if he was really embodying that writing. Fantastic. Chris is a fantastic perfectionist. You sent me about five copies of the same piece, all with different tones and levels in. Well, that's what we like to hear. We like people to, to take uh, pride in what they're doing. And is, uh, well, I mean, of course, there's always the offer to any of you, including you, to get involved with writing, uh, particularly with associate writers, you know, but with, I've already spoken about them. We've heard from them uh, and about them already in Red Kite. But yeah, people between the ages of 17, 18 and 30 are really keen on writing. So, you know, anybody else out there, get in touch with us as well if you want to do some writing with us. It's a great group, meets every week. I think people really value it. And yeah, thank you so much, Aaron, for, for getting that together on Epilepsy Awareness Day. How do people find out some more about if they want to know about what's so, going on? There is a fantastic website called epilepsyaction.org.uk, I believe. And it's absolutely amazing. It's got all the information you could ever want on there. Um, and it tells you everything from about different types of seizures to what your rights are, to right over to like if and when you can drive. It's got all sorts of information and helplines and support. It, it occurs to me just before we, uh, we, we leave you, but that, that epilepsy isn't really represented very well in the kind of cultural discourse really do we hear plays about people who are epileptic do we hear the voices of people who have epilepsy i don't know you say there isn't much awareness of of the awareness day so maybe we should do a bit more what do you is that true to say i would say it is because there's a lot of sort of stereotypes and misconceptions about epilepsy you know and like for instance, I've been kicked off a bus before for having a fit uh, because I can quote doesn't look like it did on the TV. Mm. God, and I think you know if people have a little more awareness and understanding, mm. then people will be more accepting. One final question. This might seem a little prurient, but. Because the, the theme of the festival is vision, what happens when I've, I mean I've seen you uh, when you have um, a fit and you know you, it's it it can be quite disturbing for people watching unless you're used to it and we got used to it and hopefully we dealt with it okay and in a way that you uh, you found comfortable. But it's in terms of your own vision, does 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 that is your vision affected when you're having so, this a weird moment? Well. Uh, Quite a lot of the pieces we're talking about are about a moment like the rest of the world fades away. Mm. And there's a moment before you hit the floor, sort of weirdly absolute bliss, there's just nothingness. Mm. Just for a brief second, there's a moment where you're completely aware, but you can't do anything, and then nothingness. Mm. So it's a bit of a weird 
situation and some people think they can see things moving in their eyes like the room's getting smaller mm. Extra it's extraordinary just a really odd moment a really odd one minute just before you hit the floor where everything seems to fade away wow well, maybe maybe we should make it a focus for some writing, some more extended pieces of writing. And you know, thank you for for for, for getting those people together, and and do thank them on our behalf uh, for their pieces of writing. So that's the end. Thank you, Aaron, for joining us, and for all the other guests who've been part of the Red Kite, part of Writing on Air, twenty twenty one, and uh, and to Elliot, of course, for being there as ever, a stalwart in the virtual studio controlling everything so we're going to hear some music now a piece of music chosen by thick coffee color song by francis bebe <laughs> there are people in town and crazy people in town eating bread and butter and honey and drinking black coffee cola they believe we are wild men, they believe we are wild Just because we don't use any money and we drink no coffee cola But if you could go and see how they live then you discover how savage they are, so much wilder than we.
Ain't it just like the night to play tricks when you're trying to be so quiet? We'll sit here stranded, we're all doing our best to deny it. And Louise holds a handful of rain, tempting you to defy it. Lights flicker from the opposite loft In this room the heat pipes just cough The country music station plays soft But there's nothing, really nothing to turn off Just Louise and her lover so Johanna That conquer my mind In the empty lot Where the ladies play Blind man's bluff With the keychain Watchman, click his flashlight, ask himself if it's him or them that's insane. Louise, she's alright, she's just near. She's delicate and seems like the mirror. But she just makes it all too concise and too clear that Johanna's not here. Have not taken my place